are you ready to conceive, carry and deliver a healthy baby? And today is the next episode of the podcast Ready to Conceive. And I'm your host, Inna Duckworth. I'm a naturopath and a medical herbalist. I specialize in preconception care. Today, I've got a very, very special guest, Casey Bishop. Casey is my colleague and has written this amazing book. It's your, it's your power portal. And I'd like Casey to introduce herself to our listeners today. Oh, thank you so much, Inna. Hello. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, as you say, I'm your colleague. I'm um, I'm a medical herbalist. I specialise in vaginal health. Um, I am also the founder of the Intimate Lubricant Company, Into the Wild. As you say, I'm the author of It's Your Power Portal, which is all about how to take control of your vaginal health with herbs and holistic care. And I also have a clinic, and I work yeah, I work with women um, specifically and solely on their vaginal health. Great, that's amazing. Uh, I was just thinking, uh, why? Can you tell us just a little bit more why you're passionate about vaginal health? Yeah. How did it come about? Yeah, it's it's a story that started a long time ago. <laughs> so um, from the age of 11, I literally just started my periods. Um, and that was probably a couple of months after I started my periods. I had my first episode of um, thrush which as an 11 year old that's quite a lot to deal with um and you know that kind of really overshadowed the majority of my adult life I guess into my 30s I experienced vaginal thrush for the majority of that time which was quite challenging you know um and so from that early age I was very interested in trying to sort it out variously so at some points I was like frantic of trying to sort it out um, looking for things myself, um, going to see herbalists when I was sort of sort of middle teenage years, um, and then other times trying to totally ignore that part of my body that was causing me so many issues. Um, you know, variously, and obviously my mum was quite concerned about that, so she would you know inquire discreetly, which I just didn't want to talk about it, you know. Um, and there's a whole lot of emotion tied up in that for me, especially, you know, as a, as a kind of essentially a child going into womanhood, you know, that really shaped my experience of that journey to, to a greater or lesser degree. Um, you know, I, I've been brought up in a family that has always looked to nature first um, and natural health as, um, as sort of first line healthcare. So um, from a very early age, I remember going into our local health food stores and learning, you know, as much as I could from the people that worked there. I was about seven, you know, and going in and they would give me magazines that they'd finished with and stuff. Um, and that was really encouraged and supported by my parents. And so, you know, I knew that I always wanted to work in that area. Um, and also, obviously, that was who I was consulting along with um, doctors and GPs and then in my 20s some specialists I was told I was seeing the top thrush specialist on the NHS who offered me canister <laughs> yes. uh, yeah um and I was yeah. like to start with I was like wow imagine being a thrush specialist wow crazy you know <laughs> and then getting canister yeah and I, he was like canister or steroidal cream that's all I've got and I was like I kind of expected you to come up with something better because I don't want steroidal cream thinning of my 
vaginal skin and vulval skin no thank you um mm-hmm. and I thought you'd have more I mean obviously I've tried caniston a thousand times and up until that point um so yeah I was inspired to train as a herbalist not because I wanted to specialize in vaginal health but obviously when I qualified those two things kind of just came together it was it was really obvious mm-hmm. that that's where I was going and those were the patients that were coming to me and that's what I was really interested in helping with so from quite early on with my clinic yeah I started I was like this is something I I know what it's like to be that person mm-hmm. um to be to be there kind of stuck with something that no one really seems to have any idea how to help you with and what that feels like um so so that that's the kind of route that I I started going down and you know I really I really enjoy that work um because I just I know from personal experience that when your intimate health is out it really I don't know it changes how you show up in the world Mm -hmm. um you know it can affect your mental health it can affect your relationships apart from the physical discomfort but it affects your confidence Mm -hmm. um and I think that part of your body as well is tied so much into creativity obviously in Mm -hmm. the very strong sense of creating new life you know that's the gateway to create new life um and for all types of female creativity as well and you know I come from quite an artistic background as well and I just feel that the two are extricably linked so that's kind of really where my passion for vaginal health came from um yeah well that's uh, yes that sounds really I completely agree with you with the creativity and the power of creativity And that's why I think that a lot of women that come to me for fertility support, Mm -hmm. this is where this uh, ultimate creativity, if you like, the Mm -hmm. sort of the pinnacle of creativity, i.e. being able to create new life is where it's challenged. And there's a lot of for this, um, uh, like, like you say, mental health affection is so much there. I can tell you that most of women that I see, they are all, well, to say the least, are very upset. Yeah. And that's this mindset that's not very kind of, that's a lot of this mindset that needs help with, you know, that creative unlocking, if you like. Oh, I just yeah. wanted, well, while we're there, just don't go in far away from this topic. And I've got a couple more questions. But, but now, when you are where you are and you know what you know, what's the kind of top support tip you would give for someone with super chronic condition where they go to ev- everywhere? And they don't don't seem to have any help. What would be your sort sort of top tip about it? What they should do next? Well, no, not to should do next. But what would you say to them that somebody's listening to this podcast and saying, "Oh yes, I've got thrush. I've had it all my life. I've been given caniston." Mm. What would you tell them? Right, right, right. Sure, sure. Yeah, I would say if this has been going on for a long time and you're getting no joy. I would say work with a practitioner who uses microbiome testing to really get to the bottom of what's going on. Uh, Microbiome testing, it's an investment, absolutely. And it um, is a snapshot in time of what's going on with your vaginal health. Um, And I think it's absolutely worth every penny to really understand what's going on. I've had clients that um, believe they have chronic thrush um, and it's been going on for a really long time for them. Um, you know a couple of years and they keep getting flare-ups and it turns out that when we do the testing that's not what's showing up at all and it's a different sort of issue it's maybe a a nervous system issue a pelvic floor issue and things you know the the 
tissue trauma has kind of got locked in and so things keep Mm -hmm. flaring for them and so I think with vaginal health everyone has a different this is going to sound really cheesy perhaps everyone's there's a different key to fit each lock because each lock is really different um, and things can present similarly especially when we talk about vaginal health um we're using you know it's a place that people are probably not willing to open up that much about necessarily and sometimes practitioners you know they don't go into the detail uh, I'm, I'm, when I say practitioners I'm talking generally medical practitioners all kinds of practitioners aren't necessarily asking all of those in detail questions as well so um, we can gather a lot from case history but really the microbiome test is where it's at it can give a lot of information um, yeah and oh. yeah work oh. with someone who works with them because they're complicated yeah. <laughs> otherwise to well me. that's it that's a point like my my for example conception support comes uh, as a package which starts from with a mandatory test of microbiome because I just cannot see how I can help anyone if I don't know what's going on and just uh, there's several things here which I think you might also comment on which is which we've now learned is what healthy microbiome looks like is different for uh, for women and we've now got community state types and they are all different. And knowing your community state type, like for a starter for 10, is yeah. like invaluable. Like I have learned mine and I'm like, wow, it makes so much sense what I've got and how it works for everything else. And talking about microbiome testing, just I've just uh, just to say that I've just received uh, in one of the companies we work with, mm-hmm. just introduced a slightly different test for urinary microbiome. And it's also obviously it's tied in. It's we're talking about genetic urinary health because everything's kind of together, especially with the clitoris being sort of partially kind of physiologically linked to yeah. the, so it's in the same uh, urethra. Place. Yeah, all in the same place, and they share microbiome quite a bit. And I've learned something so like interesting i never thought of and if for somebody i was explaining to somebody that oh i've got such symptoms and they would say oh that's uh you know um either unexplained or there's nothing there or it's your hormones <laughs> or something else but no it isn't and um so what's your opinion on community state types how you kind of what was your thinking when you got this information yeah i found it really interesting and i was looking also at um why? Why are there these different community state yeah. types in health? Um, yeah. You know, so the four out of five of those community state types are dominated by lactobacilli species, yeah. and one of them is dominated by a, a diversity in species, yeah. and yet that represents yeah. health yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, what is it in the environmental factors that mean yeah. that this is? good for these people yeah I think I mean I think there's still so much to learn to learn and I was thinking that the one that community state ups that's not dominated by lactobacilli I was thinking about the communities that never had like a rely rely they never relied on dairy products as a um, as a kind of as a basic food as a basic food basically I was thinking about that and or using like differently fermented products, you know, like yes. uh, if like you are in a like yeah, in traditional products, for example, warmer climates would probably when they were making like for example fermented something uh, because of the temperatures there, 
products will be fermented with different species as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but look, it's, it's, it's sexual, yeah. I say yeah. sexual debut probably comes into it as well. Yes, do you know that? that uh, yes. Having sex for the first yes. time. And you know that it's actually sexual debut, would you say that actually is linked with if it's too early and maybe culturally too early, like it's too early, it's yeah. a medical point, but culturally sort of earlier than in other places, it's linked with LPS uh, producing bacteria linked with endometriosis yeah. that can make endometriosis worse. Yeah. But that's, again, just starting this journey, but uh, and, so uh, yeah, there's so much. <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to add on to that, uh, yeah. that point, which is maybe you'll pick up as well, which is uh, the concept of treating microbiome is changing so much. Mm. If the antibiotics uh, versus uh, colony sparing or colony supporting. So can you talk about that? Yeah, no, it'd be my pleasure to. I think certainly when we both trained as medical herbalists, you know, when we when we spoke about brush, let's face it, when we when yeah. most people are training or when yeah. most people are thinking about vaginal health thrush is the thing that comes to mind so we think um we're going to be using antifungal herbs that go in and do their antifungal work which um i think in some cases it does work absolutely you know um i think all of us every practitioner has got a case or two where that's that's cleared things up for someone um but those things are kind of indiscriminate. So if we're going in there to kill that candida, let's say, we're also killing other stuff. And some of that stuff is good stuff. Some mm-hmm. of the, those lactobacilli that we want in there. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the new thinking, and I love it so much, is mm-hmm. I, I like the way you describe it as well as colony sparing, but I, I think of it as really nourishing the environment. Yeah. yeah. Because those good the the job of those good in inverted commas bacteria, those lactobacilli, to keep everything else under control. Yeah. And it's about balance in that environment. Yeah. And I think the word balance is really important when we're talking about vaginal health as well. And I think balance is one of those words that gets sort of banded around like on the internet. Um it's it's a yeah. go-to word that people will think of and but what does that actually mean when we think about vaginal health because I think balance has been used to sell commercial products to women yeah and also yes balance as a as a product as a, sometimes balance is used as a byword or lack of understanding what needs to happen yeah yeah and then we talk about you know vaginal infection states and things and I think that, that terminology can be quite mentally damaging for people because you know mm-hmm. infection something bad it's very negative mm-hmm. terminology but actually what it is is an environment that's got out of balance the natural yeah. dominant order of things in health that our mm-hmm. you know our innate immune system puts in place because a healthy mm-hmm. vaginal microbiome is part of the innate immune system yeah um, is just out of balance things of you know something or some things have happened to change that mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's about it's about changing the language and nourishing the area mm-hmm. so we you know going in and supporting the tissues going and supporting the microbiome yeah. there might be times when you need to go in and things are bad and you do need to go in and kill stuff um but it's but at the same time you think about nourishing they still think about, about yeah all the absolutely time, yeah. absolutely and i think with that you get 
better outcomes. Yeah. Uh, it was one thing but, I was going to add as well, interestingly, because I heard when we were, we were talking about the community state types, we were thinking, yeah. why? Why some? Why the difference? And genetics as well. Yeah, yeah. I came across a really interesting piece of information, a uh, piece of research about they were looking at um, chronic thrush, um, <clears throat> and they were looking at gene expression of the immune system there and why mm-hmm. thrush wasn't being detected. And it mm-hmm. seems to it boils down to one gene expression. That's just okay. one thing that we know. I mean, no, not no. in terms of, I don't think this, this is the same case for everyone, but they found in this particular case, there was a gene expression issue of how the immune system uh, was, so. was dealing with candida. And you're just like mind blown. Like someone's genetics can, can be implicated in that, which yeah. is interesting. And, you know, of course, we, we can look at helping the immune system broadly, um so I just yeah I mean it's interesting there's, there's a lot there's a lot there no, that's that's talking about genetics for example I will make a bridge to gut health here yeah and what we've learned that there is a gene FUT2 which is a different expression of it makes you a better producer of uh, uh of the bacteria of the beneficial bacteria in the gut and sort of if you have this gene expression working well you will keep uh beneficial bacteria in the gut and there is a lot of inter-exchange between the gut and the pelvic health because of the lymphatic tissue, the fascia tissue, all of that together, you know, so it's all inter-exchanging. Yeah. So that's where you would look at the gut health together with microbiome, with vaginal microbiome. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, it always um, surprises me when, you know, I think conventional medicine because of the way it's kind of broken down into specialities, it kind of treats the body all, almost as a mechanistic kind of bag of, yeah. of like, I don't know, separate systems, but it's all in the same body and it, it, proximity matters, I think. And you've also proximity got the issue there of like translocation because the anus is quite close yeah. to, you know, it's, there's the proximity yeah. issue. So but then look, there's also things like if oral probiotics work, and they do work, we know that, then there is also a translocation of the fluids through, um, through this. There's a concept that has been introduced, reintroduced recently, it's called extracellular matrix, which is uh, actually, there was two schools of medicine in the beginning of, on the turn of the 20th century. Right. One school was a cell is the unit of um a sort of organism okay and the other school was extracellular matrix so we are all like a big soup of everything right and then the cell the the cell school won at that moment because it was not enough evidence to support extracellular matrix work but then 100 years after that but the second school is actually we're still here (laughs) we've we've got (laughs) yeah and there's now more research saying that well actually um the extracellular matrix, like, and all we know all this amazing work on lymphatics, on fascia, and stuff like that. That's all kind of feeding into the extracellular matrix mm-hmm. concept, and everything's inter-exchanging in the body yeah. and influencing the, especially the nearby tissues. Uh, I I said it, I think, once on this podcast. I I was listening to a surgeon, a pelvic surgeon who's dealing with endometri- endometrial lesions. 
And uh, she was explaining that when they look into the uh, cavity and they can always say that this, like the, the inflamed, um, the, 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 the surrounding inflammation is all around the area. It's not just it's not in the lesion, it's everywhere. Yeah. And like, I, I don't do this type of work because, you know, but, and it was really important insight into what we are doing because we're dealing with a holistic system. And here is somebody who's actually looking at this area on the body. Exactly. Well, well, we went off on tangent together. <laughs> I would like you to talk about your beautiful book. I love yeah. the name. I love everything about it. It's a really helpful book, I believe. So do tell us, how did you come about the book? What do you, like, what, what is it about? Because somebody yeah. wants to buy it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I wanted to write a book that was accessible for every person, not just a practitioner yeah. wanting to learn more about vaginal health. But it's a part of the body that not enough is known about. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of squeamishness in society mm-hmm. about the vagina, um, even the saying the word, you know, it's quite taboo to say the word vagina. And so my book yeah. kind of opens with wanting to encourage you, dear reader, to kind of shout it from the rooftops. And there's a little exercise in there. Um, um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to get this information out there because there's so many women who are having different issues because of their vaginal health. Um, and they're just not getting served very well by regular standard healthcare routes because again not enough is known about these things I mean I've had a chat with a nurse at my doctor's practice about tests for I can't remember what the tests were for actually and we I was talking about specific tests um and she had no idea what I was talking about and she couldn't offer me something that would test for these things Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, all right, okay, I'm just going to take myself out of this situation because we're not having any joy here, that's fine. So I wanted to give people more power over their vaginal health to start with, but it's not only written for women or people that um, identify as women. I want it to be um, a general knowledge book. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, people supporting women, male partners, people identifying as male can support those people in their life that might be having those issues so that we can talk about it more again because I feel that so much that vaginal health is tied up with creativity um with women's voices there's a big sort of um we can make we can draw parallels between the structure of the um, throat and voice box and the structure of the vagina and cervix and things um I think that I think there's a definite link there um that is a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I agree that we are under by blocking this energy, we are blocking the the expressive energy. Exactly. You know, we're and the expressive energy, and we need one to unlock the other. Whichever way yeah. round we come to look at it, um, and you know, the world needs more female creativity, female voices, female expression, female leadership. Um, and I can just say that from my own personal point of view. So in there, we talk a lot, you know, kind of breaking down different concepts about vaginal health, even just explaining the biology, really, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of confusion about what the vagina actually is. And so we talk about the difference between the vulva and the vagina and we go into all of that and look at 
the majority of kind of conditions that people are likely to the most likely things that people are going to come up with and it's more than thrush and pv there's there's a whole host of um, different things in there and then we look at therapeutics what you can do yourself at home um, and I kind of divide this system, this kind of five stage system that people can use to take the power back into their own hands. But very importantly, because in my mind, always safety first. There's a lot around when you can do things for yourself, but when then actually it's time to go and see someone else um, mm. and and, you know, how you can work with someone else in that area as well so I just really wanted it to be sort of really empowering um Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that there's a sequel in there but yes let's 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 just for writing one book first (laughs) yes yes agree and I really like that because what I've learned working with people some of the concepts are so new to them like when they say oh I've got thrush that's so often I've got some thrush there and you say well actually we need to test because as we've just spoke about uh it may be anything else but the thrush and also if it's but why wouldn't we say thrush when candida at least we are testing for four different types of candida at the moment depends which test you choose to do and each of these types is slightly different and they behave differently and you need different approaches to them so Absolutely. if you just take it as a, say, an hour, an hour and a half consultation, depends mm. how people practice. And for somebody just to open this concept that, look, what you experience just might not be thrush, might be something else. And you just, I think your book is so amazing in that it gives this pre-reading. So I would almost like send it to everyone before they come to see me, because I want them to get a little bit of understanding. Yeah. Because then... Um, you know, like what would it, like I've had this discussion recently that as practitioners we focus on why. So ninety percent of our time we're looking for why, why, why you've got that. Why? Yeah, and then we we are coming up with what, um, you know, like what we're going to do about it, and then Absolutely. there's a lot of how. But if you try to fit it all in an hour and a half, okay, if you've got like a uh, like a continuous programs like I do, and I know you offer, and I'd like you to talk about that as well. And then you've got a bit more time for that. But still, if somebody had a bit of a pre-reading and they kind of have a questions to ask you, it's so much easier to, to, to be already kind of, if not on the same page, but in the same mind space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It kind of, it's beneficial to the person. It's beneficial to the time you've got together. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, definitely leaps and bounds can be made. Um, and it's just, you know, in some ways it's really sad that, the vagina has been marginalized so much mm-hmm. i mean we understand why possibly um you know and that again that's probably a different topic for a different day but um you know we can learn about our own bodies and there's power in that and then we can get down to the detail <laughs> well actually talking about marginalizing vagina and vaginal health um, in preconception care we are still in a space where women carry the burden yes so even yeah. if i see when i see couples it's a woman that does all the work it's and so classic it's and then the male the uh, it's it takes so much kind of <clears throat> energy to actually bring the male partner if it's a um, kind of female male conception situation um then bring male partner to the page to the same page yeah. And also, the, the, the like, you know, that most 
of the unexplained infertility is now kind of more understood to be on the male factor risks mm. than female factor risks. And there's more and more testing we can do to understand where the male problems are. And like, and also there's a lot of medical, unfortunately at the moment, medical language around male contribution to fertility is under underplaying the impact that it is for example mm-hmm. and they're saying well you know if you're going for intrauterine uh, when you're going for an in, insemination where isci where you just take one sper- one spermatozoa and you put it into the egg and then um, well the, the the overall response from the males are well i just need one well, what do I bother what, what, why do i bother they'll find one i mean they've done my test I've got about like sort of within sort of margins of kind of possibilities and I need yeah. one, I'm off. Yeah. But, uh, and the true. woman is like, okay, well, uh, and she's kind of left with that um, shame and guilt and trouble mm-hmm. and looking mm-hmm. through that, all of that. Uh, but there are things like, for example, a male uh, microbiome, penile microbiome, there's semen microbiome and all of that. It's just talking about microbiome, not talking about genetics. And I'd like to come back to that, that that's why I think we need to talk about this reopening of uh, the power portal, if you like, because, uh, yeah, we're still like gaslighting and marginalizing the female health that way. So if you've got anything to add here, I'd be happy to listen to that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting um, what you're saying. There's so much, there's so much kind of put on women you know you know even just the language around you know yeah. when I'm trying to think of the word it's not just in pregnancy but within difficulty to conceive or things like the word cervical incompetence yeah and you're like what yeah um and yeah. you know the female body is demonized in that and generally yeah. and I'm trying to get to the bottom of this uh, myself you know women can be quite motivated in in this way we're motivated you know if we want to have a baby um we will do what it takes more or less we're there and -hmm. even if the male partner is on board and really wants the baby as well there is a different sort of attitude coming from internally and I don't know whether that's a societal construct that we've been so used to the mindset is so different because of the societal Mm -hmm. construct but there does seem to be a more sort of hands-off attitude. And I guess because, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what we're saying about the one spermatozoa needed and these things, and yet the female body is demonised and women are so ready to step up. It's an interesting sort of mm-hmm. um, schism, I think. I'm really excited about the possibilities of um, microbiome testing for um, penile and sperm um semen microbiome testing and i think they're still they're still a little way off of being developed um, well, but at it's least, in the pipeline i think at least we've got now something called uh, um sperm uh, dna fragmentation test mm-hmm. which is yes. Uh, yes i know not so cheap and not uh, everyone has done it or wants to do that but it is so important if you've still got unexplained infertility yes. this is the way to go because you know that the egg improves uh, the genetic material in the sperm as much as it can yeah and it's is. like 
magic absolutely magic. Yeah. we're quite miraculous beings really aren't we yes we are look there's not so much time left for us today unfortunately and i'm sure i'll call you again if that would be possible sure. i'd like you to talk a bit more about your sort of tips in terms of your knowledge about the power portal and uh when trying to uh get ready to conceive I call yeah. it, because it's like uh it's like a mindset and emotional state and everything. So what would be your top tips for uh, trying to get ready to conceive? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, I mean, in some cases, it can be looking at the female microbiome and seeing exactly what's going on there and maybe shifting the microbiome slightly if we've got certain sort of like a bv causing bacterias in there so on that level it can be really helpful to get a microbiome yeah. test if you've been trying to conceive for yeah. a little while and i think it's one of the things that you should definitely consider um mm-hmm. again that's putting the onus on the um woman but um not only i think that's just part of the um testing mm-hmm. panels plural that you that should be sh- should be considered um I think as well, I mean, I very intentionally called the book Power Portal, you know, to try and um, really celebrate breaking down. I'm all about breaking down taboos and shame around vaginal health. So just to kind of remind women of this creative kind of portal or gateway, portals, gateways are sort of liminal spaces where change happens. and you know if you look back to ancient cultures that weren't necessarily dominated at that time by patriarchy certainly in eastern cultures you know the vagina was revered as like the entrance to the jade temple oh it is it is indeed um and i think it's so empowering to kind of start sitting with these ideas even if they to start with feel a little bit jarring or alien possibly i'm not saying that it will but it might for some people because of the messaging that we've been consistently given over our lifetimes about the vagina or the lack of information that we've been given and so you know this is entrance to sacred space um and you know what we put there matters Mm -hmm. Um, yes yeah so having this sort of mind excuse me mindset shift about kind of really honoring that space in ourselves and whatever that might look for you whether that's looking at the lubricants that you're using and the chemicals that are going into them or whether you're looking at the sanitary products that you're using and the chemicals that are there or whether it's about how you're just going to honor that space to yourself to yourself and you know there's destigmatization of pleasure Mm-hmm. um there's a really interesting book called i'm going to look up on my bookshelf hang on called fruit of knowledge mm-hmm. um it's um i think it's written by a swedish lady liz we'll edit oh. to the notes for the i will we'll, we'll edit yeah, to the notes of the yes that would be amazing yeah um and she's talking about you know in antiquity it was known that I mean, known in a, in a, let's put it in inverted commas, but, mm-hmm. you know, conception happened when a woman had an orgasm. Okay, I mean, that's not scientific evidence, but, you know, at that point, female pleasure was foregrounded. Yeah. 
And I think that's a really nice notion, if not entirely accurate. It's a nice notion. So it's about destigmatizing these things for ourselves. But I would say, yeah, look at the microbiome testing as part of those if you're if you're going through a lot of tests and things really do consider that testing because it might be a missing a missing piece in the puzzle of of your conception journey basically well yes i completely agree with you and uh, the we've talked about microbiome and i absolutely love this point on pleasure and i must Mm -hmm. say that your lubricant is so amazing it's not only changed some uh, of my kind of um um kind of intimate health but it's also the one that I'm recommending to all my clients and patients and uh, so many women benefited from this product could you tell us a bit more about this beautiful Mm. product yeah yeah absolutely so um yeah I found it um into the wild uh we're an intimate lubricant company and we currently have one product which is wild one and it's um a water and herb based lubricant so the herbs that we've used in there have been used in um traditional herbal gynecology for vaginal health basically um it's when i'm going to say it's ph balance it's ph balance to the natural vaginal ph which means that it's encouraging a healthy microbiome so it's not the right ph necessarily for sperm so there's a lot of like preconception lubricants out there aren't there that are balanced to the ph of the sperm to encourage the sperm to to kind of do its thing um but that's not so good for your vaginal environment as it turns out you know because the ph is a lot more alkaline and that kind of can upset people's balance this is um aligned to the vaginal ph so it's really encouraging that healthy microbiome um, we're also registered as organic with the soil association which we just uh passed our certification again for the third year which is great because that's quite a stringent process and also uh registered as vegan with the vegan society which were really important thank you <laughs> which were really important um values for us as a business i think so um again it really ties in with really honoring what you're putting in your body so um it's i think i've got it on the back of the pack i think it's 97 percent natural um uh, sorry no it's 97 percent organic and 99 percent natural ingredients yes so that's that's I, that's pretty I, amazing yeah oh i challenge i challenge people to find a more natural one <laughs> yes um look we have got a couple of minutes uh, left and i'd like you to talk about uh, your programs that you are working on and how people can work with you oh yeah absolutely well thank you so much so currently we are in november 22 so um i currently am working one-to-one with um female clients basically that um mm-hmm. have got generally long-standing vaginal health issues but I'm also in the middle of writing a group program um, currently for um, it's for women that um, have passed the menopause, but are really struggling with confusing vaginal health symptoms that they're just not getting any relief or understanding Mm -hmm. around again, Mm -hmm. really, really common. Um, And yeah, so, so I'm in having really, really enjoying putting this group program together and just really looking forward to serving women in, in a different way as well. So um, yeah, it's exciting. That would be amazing. So we will add all the KK's uh, links and as they called now social handles, so that you can get in touch with her and get the benefit from her amazing work. 
And I hope we'll call uh, Kathy again once she's uh, maybe written a bit more of the next book or <laughs> just we have kind of get questions. And yes, you are most welcome to ask the questions under this podcast. And uh, we will either invite Kathy again or have an like answer them as a comment as well. Sure. Well, thank you very much, Kathy, today. And I'm really, really excited. I'm showing it. I know this will be no video for this podcast, but still, I love it. Uh, so much and thank, thank you for you. your amazing work keeping oh um, no, thank you you know I'm just so honored to be invited on here thank you so um yeah <laughs> yeah so get ready to conceive and we're done for today thank you stay in touch bye bye <laughs>